Hi there, and welcome to Vox Talk, your weekly review from the world of voiceover. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli from Voices. On today's show, Max Silver joins us to share tips that will set you up for success in the booth. With his unique perspective and combined passions of dentistry and voice acting, you're sure to learn a lot of practical tips from Max. He speaks from experience, after all. So pesky mouth noises and sibilance be gone. Get a pen and paper ready because you're going to want to take some notes. Hi, Max. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm just so glad you're here. So at the time of recording, and we are now April 20th of 2022, you're about to graduate from the University of Toronto, Doctor of Dental Surgery, or in other words, you're going to be a dentist. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a journey. I can't lie. So uh, it's always interesting to see someone in the medical field pursuing work in the performing arts and, you know, like obviously save whatever you'd like for yourself. But can you tell us just a little bit about your journey as a voice talent and dentistry student? Of course. Yeah. You know what? I was one of those kids, uh, I was definitely the class clown. And that uh, came along with me always just, just doing funny voices as a kid. And, you know, going through puberty, your voice changes and, oh, I, you know, I found new voices I could do. And, and that morphed into me doing sports announcing in undergrad. So I did a whole bunch of PA announcing I, and I did some play-by-play, really loved it, did all sorts of sports, hockey, base, basketball, volleyball, even some figure skating and um, that, that was just a, a, a ball, um, you know, it, it helped with tuition. It just gave me something to do. Um, and then after undergrad, uh, my undergraduate education, I, I went into dental school. And I also happened to just record a, a reel, a demo reel in Toronto here where I'm based out of. And, you know, Bob's your uncle ever since. I've really just been in the voiceover world while going through dental school, uh, you know, maybe skipping a couple classes to run over to an audition before COVID. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a blast. I'm really, really thankful to have both parts of my life, both voiceover and dentistry. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, I know when I was in doing my undergrad in music, my instrument being voice at Western University, uh, there were some students in the upper years who actually were from, you know, medical school. And so it isn't a shock to see somebody who comes from that more left brain scientific uh, way of seeing things also have this really vibrant, creative right brain side of what they do. So it can be done, people. It can be done. So if you're into um, all the STEM stuff, remember, you can also do STEAM I love so, it. Um, yeah. Oh, I love it too. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, it's just an offside here. <clears throat> we had a little chat about STEAM before. Have you heard that acronym? No, that's new to me. Okay. So, you know, your science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Okay. You know what? Yeah. I've always been a, a, a kind of a jack of all trades. I don't want to say master of none, but. But, you know, I just had my my toe in different ponds, and I've always loved that. It's just always been uh, what I have enjoyed. That's so cool. All right, Max. So if we could all be a fly on the wall of your home studio, what would we see you doing to prepare for a voiceover recording? So for me, it's definitely a lot of it is about hydration prior to. Uh, and And that's not to say that there's a specific drink that I have, uh, like a fancy tea, really it's just water, intake of, of good old water. Um, it does help 
to to have some warmer water. It moistens the mouth, uh, humidifies it, and that really it helps with having a nice salivary consistency. And for me, it's like I said, hydration, and then just your run of the mill vocal warm ups and practicing your vowels, saying some uh, you know whatever vocal warm up works for you. For me. Uh, it's, you know, just say E-E-I-O-U, getting those muscles warmed up. After all, speech is, is really just, it's the air moving through, but it's how using the muscles around that entire vocal tract up through the mouth and using those muscles to shape the air and, and warming up those muscles like any other muscle in your body, it'll allow for better results. So more consistency, more accuracy, less unintended pops and clicks. So for me, it's like I said, the water, the hydration, and and just the vocal warm-ups. Water is so key. I'm glad you brought that up and, and definitely warming up your voice. But I know there are a lot of studios out there that when they know that a talent is coming in, voice artist, singer, what have you, they'll have ready some room temperature water. And that might sound, oh my gosh, they're prima donnas or whatever. They need their room temperature water. Whatever. But it actually helps the vocal, you know, the whole mechanism to work better, right? Definitely. And and that's like I mentioned, you know, room lukewarm, room temp. Um, it, it really just helps keep the tissues along in, in your mouth and, and along your throat at, at, a, at a happier state. And when you have colder water, it makes your saliva a lot more ropier um, and sticky as opposed to with warm water. It's a, it's a much better consistency and you get less less of those pesky sounds or those pops or those clicks. That's exactly what we want to prevent. I'm so glad you said that. There are just so many like different noises that our mouths can make and, and not just like our mouth, I'm saying as a, a broad kind of catch-all, the mouth, but there's so much more involved in your mouth there's a famous tongue twister that goes the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. And so as we all have probably heard something of that nature or similar, um, can you walk us through how that tongue twister actually plays out in real life when we're using our voices to create words? Of course. So like I mentioned, it's, it's all about those muscles that are shaping the air. And the main muscle undoubtedly is the tongue. The tongue is one giant muscle. And really strengthening that muscle and warming it up is is a huge integral part of, of warming up prior to any voice acting. And so doing that little tongue twist, it's the tongue, it's placing it. So we have we have different sounds within our alphabet. And and there are certain sounds that require the tongue to hit the teeth. So we call that linguo for tongue, linguo dental sounds. So that's when like la and la, right? Your tongue goes to your teeth or th, right? Your tongue is right on your teeth. There are also sounds that require your tongue to hit your palate. So that would be closer to la as opposed to th. And, and there are also certain sounds that don't involve the tongue at all. And those are interlabial sounds. And that means between the two lips. So m, right? So again, it's all about the muscles. So the tongue is the first one. And then the, the other muscles are around your, your, your mouth. So there's actually within your lips and surrounding your, the outside of your mouth, there's a muscle called the orbicularis oris. Now, 
that's the muscle that contracts your lips and moves them around and, and shapes that air that's moving through. And so when I do warm-ups, it's not just speaking and, you know, Peter Piper picked a peckle of peppers. It's also actually muscular activity. So what do I mean by that is, for instance, we, we almost, we call it myofunctional therapy and myo is just for muscle. And these are exercises that are just like any other muscle where you're doing curls for your biceps or squats for your legs. You take your tongue and you push it up against your palate and you hold it there for three to five seconds and you repeat that a number of times. And these are exercises that I try and do daily. And it doesn't only help with voice acting, it actually just helps with breathing in general and speech in general and actually can help improve things like sleep apnea at night. But it's about moving those muscles and getting them strengthened. Yeah, it's kind of like you're going to the gym, but as a vocalist, right? So we always have to be thinking that your whole body is your instrument. And just like you use your eyes to see, to read the copy that's on the screen, it's so easy to forget that you rely on these muscles in your face and, and the tongue in particular, as well as your articulators and resonators, all these wonderful things to actually create the read that is going to help somebody do something or inspire them or, or what have you. So very, very important. Thanks for sharing that. So as you go about your day in the life as a voice actor who thinks like a dentist, what are some of the things that you do and don't do before a session? So uh, before a session, I try and avoid anything that's going to dry out your mouth. And you'd be surprised at how many things can do that. Anything that has a diuretic in it, like caffeine, so things you might not even re be realizing you're having have caffeine, you know, a lot of tea. And I'm sure there's lots of voice actors out there who have a tea during their, their set. So if it's caffeinated, I would try and avoid that because caffeine, it gets rid of the water out of your body. And we don't want that. You know, Red Bull, Coke, uh, even Diet Coke. You know, these things, there are caffeine-free Diet Cokes, but you have to try and be aware of it. Um, you know, people who might be taking a number of medications, things like antidepressants, some blood pressure medications, these are very common medications that can cause dry mouth. Uh, even like antihistamines. Uh, some people take antihistamines daily because they suffer from allergies. So these can dry out your mouth. Even the fight or flight response, the anxiety that comes along with a gig. I'm sure people, you know, everyone deals with this where you get a you get that dry ropey mouse when you're super nervous, maybe it's a big gig or first time and eventually you settle in, but you find like, oh gosh, my mouth is just so dry. So just, just doing breathing, relaxing. Um, there's even certain mouthwashes like the alcohol-based mouthwashes, those will dry out your mouth. Um, so try and use alcohol-free mouthwashes. Uh, I mean, that's a separate discussion of, you know, which mouthwash to use for a dental purpose, but for a voice acting purpose to keep your to keep your mouth nice and moist, I would, I would just try and avoid them. Anything acidic, spicy, salty, dry foods, these are all things that can dry out your mouth. So, you know, as you kind of get the message here, it's pretty much everything under the sun. But if you are struggling with dry mouth, there are remedies that can be very useful. Uh, something called Biotene, it's, they make incredible products. It's basically artificial saliva. And even if someone who doesn't have 
doesn't suffer from dry mouth in general, maybe they just get super nervous at a gig, they can try these. And they, they, they have lozenges, they have solution, they have um, these creams that you just put right into your mouth. And so you can just dab some in during a gig uh, and find your happy medium. So, uh, you know, thinking from the dental perspective, this salivary flow is a, hu is a huge part of it. In addition to that, I would say besides for saliva, smoking, smoking has a huge effect on not only saliva, but also on the tone. Uh, and it, it impacts all the tissues throughout your entire airflow system down into your lungs, of course, as we all know. So, you know, if you can avoid ac uh, smoking, I mean, I'm sure there might be some people out there that it actually provides them with their signature raspy voice. So that's a different story. But from a, you know, dry mouth perspective and more consistency and, and health in general, I, I would try to, you know, refrain from smoking. The biggest thing is really, uh, well, one of the important things is, is really breathing. And I, I think as voice actors, we all, we all work around breaths. Encouraging nasal breathing, breathing through your nose is a big part of how the air coming into your system actually gets humidified and conditioned is when you breathe through your nose um, as opposed to through your mouth. So these are things that I try and, you know, keep myself aware of. I, and I try and focus on, you know, like I said, making sure I'm nice and hydrated and making sure I'm breathing right and, and making sure that, that I, I keep those muscles all warmed up. Those are all wonderful points, and I really hope that everyone has been taking notes. If you want, you can always scrub your way back to the beginning of that part of the conversation and find those and, and write them down again. But my goodness, Max, so many helpful tips. And I, I love what you said about people will, um, you know, either drink a coffee or, or they may, if they smoke, smoke, and that will affect their voice and, and certainly does. And, and I just want to remind everybody, and I'll say so again at the end, that that everything that we're sharing here today is, is for educational purposes only. And any of the tips that you hear or um, some of the wonderful information, be sure to follow up with your own doctor or dentist before trying or applying any of these tips. So um, with that said, Max, there's certainly a lot of steps that actors can take to minimize their mouth noises. You said that hydration is one of those. Do you have any solutions that talent can use to fix an issue of mouth noises in a pinch? Yeah, so... I would say sometimes just this little sip of water. And there's no harm in, in just, you know, saying to your, your, your team there during a gig, just, just give me one moment and take your sip. You know, swish it around, moisten up the mouth, and just relax for a second. There's, there's really no harm in that. Sometimes those mouth noises, maybe they are inevitable. You're going through lines after lines, takes after takes. Um, and, and again, you got your, your mouth is going to dry out from, you know, all that talking. Uh, I mean, I'm feeling it right now as, as we're speaking and I'm, I'm taking little sips. So, so that helps me tremendously. And, and, you know, I think like, so, you know, the emotional side of it, you know, don't hate on yourself for a mouth pop, mouth click. I mean, every other human who talks all day, we're, they're not focused on it. And I know it's, it's important for us. But they're bound to happen, you know, and, and it's kind of part of sometimes the air gets trapped uh, in, in certain places. And, and I think that, that in a pinch, you take that sip of water, you come back to it and, you know, take a breath and, and it should be all right. 
Yeah, and and you have a vocal background as well, and and something that I've always done, and certainly had been encouraged by my teachers to do, is to make sure that you're hydrated an hour before, and certainly warmed up just an hour before you go to do a session. It seems to me that like when you're an instrumentalist, and let's say you play a woodwind instrument, um, you need to soak the reed, and the reed, if it's not soaked, <laughs> then it's going to sound horrible when you go to play your bassoon, a clarinet. Or even a saxophone, I hear, has a reed. You do need to hydrate or or to get it ready beforehand. Um, what has your experience been? Maybe you've even played a woodwind instrument. Yeah, actually, I, I used to play clarinet. I, I would say I dabbled in it. No, by no means am I uh, a concert player. But uh, I can tell you, if you do play a wind uh, a wind instrument, uh, my gosh, talk about a workout for those muscles that I've been talking about. I remember just just aches around my cheek muscles and and my tongue. So it, actually, I you know, I could very well see wind instrument players, uh, musicians be having having fantastic control all over their their you know their vocal folds and all those muscles. I never would have thought of that. Oh my gosh, like every woodwind player, just give yourself a pat on the back. This is great. Hopefully you'll start to do voiceover and <laughs> find out if your talents can be used that way. So, yeah, so just on that topic, I wanted to ask you, why is flossing so important? Like, we all know we should do it. It's not fun. It isn't exactly like the thing you go and do, like, for kicks, right? So what what does it do health-wise, Max? And how does flossing our teeth affect the way that we speak? Flossing is definitely not fun. I think, uh, I don't think anybody enjoys doing it, um, including me. But it's, it's, I would say it's more for, for dental health than anything. There are just places in between your teeth that you can't reach with the toothbrush. It's, on, it's honestly as simple as that. And, and if you, you don't remove that food, you know, you run the risk of getting cavities in between your teeth. So the big question really is floss, bef- floss before brush or brush before floss? Ah. <laughs> and, and the truth is it depends on uh, which dentist you, you ask. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't say that there's a huge impact on your speech, at least to my knowledge, in terms of flossing. Obviously, if you have stu- something stuck between your teeth, that, that might give you uh, an issue with, with speaking. Uh, you might have a little lisp for a second. But, you know, that's from a dental perspective, it's good to keep your teeth healthy and clean. Absolutely. And it was so funny you mentioned, like, which one do you do first, you know, chicken or the egg? And I actually had that very thought today. I'm not kidding at all. Uh, And I thought, you know what, if I'm going to walk through this logically, it makes sense that you might floss first because you're trying to get all the stuff out that, you know, your toothbrush can't reach. And then you finish it off with brushing. And then all of a sudden, like that, that makes sense to me. But does that seem like the best strategy for a voice actor who doesn't want to have a poppy seed or some kind of like, you know, something from their smoothie stuck in their teeth before they speak? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. I think like if you go if you go brush your whole mouth and it's it's spick and span, but then all of a sudden you floss and you get all this stuff out and it just flings it all around and it's just still in your mouth. I agree, it, uh, folks. I think it's uh, it's the case of of first floss then brush. You heard it here. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> right. You heard it here. You heard it on Vox Talk. Yeah. 
No, I love it. That is so great. So um, there are people on our site, Max, and, and certainly in our, our broader voiceover community who have some dental trauma. And I know that it affects them in the way that they're able to speak. Sometimes they have to modify, um, you know, the way that their tongue hits their teeth. Let's say there's a chipped tooth or something like that. Have you seen anything like that in the acting world or even just people who are concerned about how they come across to others? What would you as a dentist or soon to be dentist Tell us about how we can, you know, create wonderful sounding messages, but also be articulate, even if we're struggling with something um, in our mouth that, that is uh, not quite the way uh, that our teeth were before. Yeah, and, and that can be tricky. Uh, you know, I imagine there are voice actors out there who have dentures and they, those are a whole different ballgame. And, you know, even if it's something like you mentioned, dental trauma, you chip your tooth, um, I, I would say that your, your best bet is to try and visit your local neighborhood dentist. And I, I will reiterate that all of this is, is really not medical or dental advice and that you should seek advice from your local dentist. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, if, if, if you chip your tooth, if you have trauma to your tooth, Definitely. I would, I would go and visit your dentist because oftentimes there's something that they can, you know, fix it with in a pinch. May not be your permanent solution, but for purposes of, you know, if you chip a front tooth, it might make it tricky to, to do a, a gig, to do a voice session. And like I said, it, it wouldn't take long at all, especially if it's a small chip. Um, a dentist can easily put a, a filling, bond some filling material to the end of that and, and bring back your original tooth form to, to, you know, make it feel natural when you're, when you're doing your voice acting. You know, if there's something that maybe it's a more serious issue, you lose a tooth for maybe you have decay or, or whatever the reason it may be. And, and you know, you, you can't, you, you can't fix it right now. It's a, a more involved situation, or maybe the, the finances don't allow for it. I, I would encourage patients to really just sit themselves down and do lots of vocal practice just with their new dental situation. And you'd be very su surprised at what the human body can adapt to, including with the mouth. Um, I'm, I mean, I've seen patients with you know, who lose all their teeth and then we, you know, I've created, you know, fabricated dentures for them. And, and I, and I let them know, you know, like these are not real teeth. They're pieces of plastic in your mouth and they're going to take a long time to get used to. But there are patients who just blow me away at the, the speed at which they come back just a few weeks later. And this is not everyone, but they come back and they just sound completely natural. They're, they're talking, they're eating and, and I think that's a really a function of just, just working through it, getting your muscles adapted to the new situation. You know, even we've, research has shown that people can function perfectly fine with, their, with just enough teeth up to their premolars and not, they don't even need their molars. And, and that's not just with a speech, from the speech point of view, but that's also functionally like chewing. Um, so I, I think if there's a dental situation where something's changed, just warm yourself up to that new situation. Do these vocal warm-ups, do these muscular warm-ups. And I, I think you'll be impressed with how, how you'll get used to that and how your voice acting will, will get back to what you're used to. 
That's so encouraging. Thank you for saying that because I know that that can be an anxiety for some people. A concern is, you know, especially as um, voice actors may age and if they are losing, you know, teeth for whatever reason and replacing with dentures like that, that can be like a career, um, you know, just a hurdle, right? That, that, uh, not everyone wants to have to, to jump over, um, but if they do, then at least they have hope now, um, thanks to you, that they can go ahead and still speak. Maybe they sound slightly different, but, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. You'll, you'll still be able to do voiceover work, sure. even if you have um, some, either it's a, a, you know, implant or dentures or, or maybe even a dental appliance. And there are a lot of people who do sound different when they have braces on. Yeah, and, 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 and that's exactly what I wanted to add on to is like, you know, don't be afraid to tell your dentist that you are a voice actor and they might just tinker with your, with the options or offer you options that might be more conducive to, to your profession. So like, for instance, after you finish with braces and I'll get to braces in a second, but oftentimes people are given a retainer. Some people have little wires put on the back of their teeth to make sure they don't shift after you're finished with the braces. You know, if... If that's something you feel is going to be troublesome to get used to, ask your dentist, you know what, I, I'd rather actually have something that goes in and out because that'll help me. I'll be able to remove it when I need to do my voice acting and, and then just pop it back in. You know, things like if, if you, you mentioned to your dentist, your voice actor, maybe Invisalign, if, it's, if you're a candidate for that, then you can lean towards getting those, those clear appliances, clear Invisalign retainers for instead of braces. And, and those actually... And anything you put in your mouth actually is like a mechanical stimulation to the tissue and to the glands. It actually increases salivary flow. Yes. And now, it, 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 and I'm sure lots of people with dentures and Invisalign, especially, they're like, "Oh my gosh, my mouth is just like a like an ocean." <laughs> so that's a great thing, by the way, dental dental health wise. Saliva is crucial. To, to washing away, keeping a clean mouth. People with better salivary flow have lower risk of cavities. But also, with a voice acting perspective, uh, uh, like we've, we've just hammered this point down here, is that having good saliva is, is crucial to speech. And so having those Invisalign retainers, um, you know, it might increase the, the, the saliva amounts to exorbitant amounts, but you can always just remove that that retainer, maybe an hour or two before your session, and it'll leave you with a nice, you know, a nice state of of saliva amounts. I, I feel like I'm getting into uh, some some gross territory with with spit talk, but this is what I do every day. No, it's also helpful though because the main, I guess, ways that talent can kind of gauge if they're in good voice or not, depending, is whether or not they have enough saliva in their mouth to not sound dry. But then if you have too much, it's like you've got these noises that happen that are not at all what anyone wants. So um, yeah, like I, I would say if someone had an appliance in their mouth, if they can take it out and they have a different sound than when it's in and, and they prefer the sound when it's out, like, I don't know, like when they do auditions, for instance, like you're going to want to sound exactly the same way as you would when you book a job. So I'm just trying to think of how practical it is for, for talent who, um, who may have these uh, challenges or opportunities uh, with, with appliances and so on. Because like, you don't want to be always taking whatever it is that your dentist has told you to keep in your mouth out. Um, but like, you want to have the sound that you want. So it kind of seems like a, a bit of a, a struggle and a conversation that you'll need to have with your own dentist. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, like, like you said, if you're, if you're doing Invisalign, 
most likely we we try and tell patients, you know, you want to keep that in as much as possible. Um, most, if not all of the day. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're a really busy voice actor, awesome. Um, but if you're taking that appliance out almost all day, because you're just, you're just doing read after read, that might be an issue. So I think, you know, if, if you, like I mentioned before, if there are changes to your, to your dental health or dental state, you know, you may, maybe you have a new appliance or you have, you, you get braces, just start doing warmups with that new, new thing. And I, I think people will be surprised at how they adapt, you know, even with braces, just start doing your exercises, your warmups, your, just read lines with them. Uh, it might take some time, but, but I think that people will adjust. And the other thing I would mention is that once you get used to a, stir, a certain um, appliance, or maybe you get used to your, your dentures, you're really happy with them, you're happy with your voice acting with them, you know, you're going to have to replace those down the line because dentures don't last forever. I would, I would actually get patients right, right when they reach the point where they're really happy with a set of dentures, ask their doctor to kind of take an impression, make a copy of those dentures for use for a later date so that they can come in 10 years down the line and say, you know what, doctor, these, these dentures are worn out. Uh, you know, I'm ready for new ones. Can you make them exactly how they were? Uh, you know, how exactly like these. And and with technology these days, they have these digital scanners that A, you avoid all the all the goop in your mouth, and B, you can have take an exact copy-paste replica, basically a digital copy of your dentures that at a later date can just be printed. It's as simple as that. So the these options are there for, for people. And I think it's it's important overall to just mention to your have a conversation with your dentist. Explain to them what you do. And explain to them, and, and they'll really be emp- empathetic and aware and, and try and tailor your treatment to, to, you know, your profession. Such great advice. And I think that they call them models, don't they? Like when you have um, either a mouth guard done or, or maybe the dentures, is that what you'd ask your dentist for? Like, can I have a copy of my models? Yeah. So models is like the, the physical model of your mouth, and, and that's created from an impression. These de- this day and age, we there's incredible advances in terms of digital dentistry. And instead of taking like that goopy impression that everyone's used to, you actually have this scanner that takes a million photos of your mouth and constructs a digital file, a 3D digital file of your mouth that can just be kept in a in a fi- in a computer. And they, they, the dentist can even email it to you if you're let's say you're moving across the country. Who knows? You just have this 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 historical file kept of the exact shape and even color of your teeth, your gums, so that even if you don't have dentures, so I I kind of brought it up as an example of, you know, if you're happy with a set of dentures, you can just copy it at a later date. I actually love the idea of just routinely taking scans of your mouth so that let's say, God forbid, you, you crack a tooth. You can ask your dentist to create a new tooth, whether that be on an implant or whether that be a new crown to the exact shape that your original tooth was, because it's as simple as taking that digital record and printing it. And, and it's, 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 fa- it's fabulous, especially for voice actors, because it's like nothing ever changed. Wow. Oh my gosh. That, that alone is a huge tip takeaway for everybody. I hope you're all listening well, um, because just like 
it, people always want to find a way to either preserve their voice or do something good, but they, they rarely think about how their teeth are related to how um, they come across. So that would be fantastic because let's say you're out playing shinny or something and, and you've got one of your two front teeth knocked out. If you actually had a scan of those teeth, then it would be so easy for them to replace that tooth and you can go back to business as usual. Exactly. And, and I think more and more dentists are um, incorporating these scanners into their office. Not every dentist has one. Um, but I think, you know, if you, if you ask your dentist, say, you know what, I want to keep this historical copy of my mouth, this digital copy. Um, they actually, I think they'll be surprised, like, oh, wow, like, you know your stuff. But I, it's, it's great, like you said, because, you know what, teeth, they don't last forever. I mean, we all like, we want to, we hope that we can keep our teeth in perfect shape. But down the line, things do come up, do pop up, and people are lose teeth all the time. And if you can, you can bring yourself back to the state, uh, uh, you know, that you were used to for practically your whole life. Um, I think that's a huge service to patients, and and it would really help voice actors. Oh, that's fantastic! No, one quick fun question before we go: If you had to eat an apple in the studio to reduce the saliva in your mouth, which kind of apple would you eat? I would say a big, red, delicious apple. Oh, why is that? I don't know if there's a science backing to that one. It's almost like just, you know what, I really enjoy those apples. I would say, actually, from a scientific perspective, the acidity of like a Granny Smith is probably a, a bit strong. Uh, you, you don't want to have anything too acidic. So going on the more of the less acidic side, those redder, redder, more basic apples that are less like tangy, that's probably a, a better situation. Wow. Well, I know that that's, that's a debate across the whole industry. What kind of apple? Usually Granny Smith comes up. I'm glad you explained that it might be too acidic for what we would like to do. So thank you for clarifying from a, a, a you know, a dentist's point of view. That's fantastic. So um, now, Max, before we go, and for real this time, um, what is the best way that people can learn more about you? Now, do you have a website or somewhere that you'd like to direct us to? Yeah. So I, I have a website. It's, it is for the charity that I run. I, I uh, kind of, it came up during COVID where I started uh, offering free of charge calls with, with children virtually with their favorite character. So, I, you know, I have a number of pu- puppets that I use, Elmo, Mickey Mouse, you name it. I, I do do impressions. So calls for kids is callsforkids.org is the website. Uh, so you can find out more there. You can reach me on socials, uh, on Instagram at the dental voice guy. And, and I'd love to, you know, anyone who wants to reach out with questions uh, or comments, uh, I'd be more than happy to respond. Well, thanks again for coming on the show, Max. It was wonderful to talk to you, and I'm sure we'll have you back on again soon. Oh, well, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Stephanie, and I definitely hope to be back soon. And that's the way we saw the world through the lens of voiceover this week. Thank you for joining us today and a warm thank you to Max Silver, our special guest. If you found this conversation interesting, don't keep it to yourself. Share the link to this episode with your friends. We invite great guests like Max on Vox Talk because we want you to succeed and have fun while you're doing it. And as we said earlier, make sure that you just take everything you heard as some fun conversation and you always, always, always go to your own doctor or dentist for medical advice. This was not advice here on the show. 
Uh, and with that said, give Voices a shout out on social media or leave a feedback rating and review of the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Vox Talk is produced by Jeff Bremner and hosted by yours truly, Stephanie Cicerelli. Thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thank mm-hmm. you.